Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report, presented by Advance Iowa Comprehensive Solutions for Better Business. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 156th edition of our program, which aired during the final weekend of December 2022, we introduced you to Greg Marcus, the third-generation CEO of the family-owned Marcus Corporation. Marcus Theaters operates 85 locations in 17 states, including Iowa, with theaters in Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, Coralville, and Iowa City. Tell me, first of all, about the company, how it came to be, and how you got where you are. Okay, how we came, well, company, how it came to be. Well, actually, how how I got where I uh, how I got where I am. There's an old saying we have around here because with my dad and I, and this will be clear in a minute. I came to the attention of senior management at an early age, <laughs> and that's because my grandfather started the business 87 years ago in Ripon, Wisconsin, with one movie theater. He was a true Horatio Alger story, rags to riches. He was an immigrant, and uh, he saved up some money and found an old department store in the middle of Wisconsin and. Turned it into a movie theater and did a few more, and then promptly uh, TV came along and upended his whole plan. And then the company grew from there. He stayed in the movie theater business. He knew the theater business wasn't going away, but he decided he needed to diversify. And through the years, we've been in different businesses, many of which you may or your or your listeners may be familiar with. We've gotten to the hotel business. We got actually got into the restaurant business even before that. And the restaurant business was Big Boy. There was a it was called Mark's Big Boy, which is really short for Marcus Big Boy, but that doesn't roll off the tongue. So uh, we got in the Big Boy business. Owned the big boys in Iowa and the big boys in Wisconsin and Illinois and Minnesota. And uh, eventually we got in the hotel business. My dad started, a, we, we owned the Fister in Milwaukee, but we were in the full service business, which we still are in. The restaurants have gone by the wayside. The hotels, we, we still have the Fister and other hotels. My dad started a business called Budgetel, which ultimately became Baymont. We sold that business off about 15 years ago, but stayed in full service hotels and grew our movie theater business. And that's the quick thumbnail history of the Marcus Corporation, a public corporation. We're, uh, we're trying the New York Stock Exchange. Well, what's fantastic about it is that it's a great example of how in communications we've had to evolve as things have developed. Radio had to adapt when television came along. The motion picture theater industry had to adapt when television came along. And certainly you had to adapt when COVID came along because now I assume it's a whole different game plan with the advent of these streaming channels we have a saying change is the only constant and i don't know what streaming is going to mean for the theatrical we have always been in a battle against the couch if you think about the numbers sure it is streaming for the most part the real battle is not theaters versus streaming i the media likes to have this go oh that's the big battle the truth of the matter is the battle is linear tv versus streaming and streaming is crushing. It's gonna, it's, it's crushing. It's gonna replace linear. Streaming is a delivery method in one sense. And I don't want to discount it because I'll come to why it impacts theatrical. If I watch an old Bond movie on linear TV, you know, I turn on the, turn on the cable and I watch it, or I watch it streaming, there is no difference in the experience. It is the same thing. It's on my TV. Yet if I go to a movie theater, it's completely different. I have to admit, I think it makes me the craziest. People will say, Oh, I could watch that one on TV. I can watch that at home. Like they're assuming that it's the same experience. But it's not. I don't care what the movie is. 
theatrical is about going out. It's about making a commitment, doing something active to get off your sofa, as opposed to laying on your sofa with your thumb on your remote and flipping through, trying to figure out whether you're gonna, what you're going to watch, whether it's flipping through the channels on your cable or looking at the tiles on your streamer. It's the same thing. It's not an active commitment. Where theatrical, you're going out, you're going to be with other people. you got great sound, great seats, great food. The whole presentation is different. I don't know. i got a 100-inch TV in your house. Wow. i got a 45-foot screen in my in my theater, and that's a small one. You know, the 70 feet is what you get when you get an ultra screen. It's big. You know, they are really different experiences. And it's also about being with people and being community and being out. So theatrical competes with really, we like to think of the competitions. Uh, if you've made the decision to leave your house, what are you doing? Are you going to eat somewhere? Are you going to watch a game? Are you going to go see a show? What are you going to do? As opposed to staying at home. Now, here's where the competition is and why I don't want to discount what streaming means. And that is the more we pump into your house, not us, the more the entertainment industry pumps into your house. I mean, it used to be when I was a kid, you'd either watch snow at midnight on somebody on the channel or you'd flip through the knob. You know, I mean, now you can watch it so much. There's when I say we're in the battle against the couch, it is a harder battle when there's a lot of stuff sort of pulling you to the couch and then to make somebody get off that inertia. It's hard to find inertia. It makes it more competitive, and that means we have to make our product more competitive and give you a reason to leave. And that's why you've seen in a lot of our theaters that move to recliners, that move to advanced food and beverage, great pizza, great food, in addition to popcorn and soda, which is all, which is it's about. And the thing you can't replace is the people being around you and laughing together or crying together or getting scared together. You folks have recovered, I think, pretty nicely because of the reasons that you just mentioned. It's not the same as me sitting on my couch at home. No, I'll tell you the interesting statistic, and here's the problem we're having, actually, more than anything else, and that is we haven't recovered all the way yet. We are down about 35%, but it's not because people aren't coming to the movies. The number of movies released is down 35%. So the per-movie attendance is relatively similar, box office. Well, no, that's the attendance. The per-movie attendance is relatively similar. The biggest problem we're having is getting Hollywood to give us enough films. They're behind. You know, they face the same supply chain issues we have. Post-production houses are busy. And also, they are trying to supply product to their streamers. There's only so much product that can be made. Frankly, that's been our biggest challenge is getting enough movies, not people coming to the movies. I mean, Top Gun was one of the biggest movies of all time. Last year, Spider-Man was one of the biggest movies of all time. And I think that Avatar is about to be one of the biggest movies of all time. (laughs) And how do you have the biggest movie of all time? If your business, if people don't want to come, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. And even, you know, the smaller films that they claim you can see at home are working. Ticket to Paradise, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, it worked. Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, it worked. The one good thing, the good news in all this is that Hollywood is starting to realize, you know, there was this, well, we're just going to, everything's going to move to streaming. That's insane. <laughs> I hate to say it. It's nuts. So what is the benefit of theatrical? If you're in the business in Hollywood, What's the benefit of theatrical? Well, first of all, there's this thing called Windows. Windows was the sequential release of product through different markets. So it starts with theatrical. And the way that works is it's your highest per capita ticket, right? If they sell it in your home, even if you buy it, on, if you rent it on video on demand for $5, well, how many people are watching? If you have five people, it's a dollar a person. When you go into theatrical, trust me, they count exactly how many people are coming because they audit us and they make sure we're paying them for it. And so they get paid per set of eyeballs. Historically, it was theatrical and then like the airplanes, but then to 
rental to HBO to broadcast TV. And each time they were getting paid. I used to repeat this, but I think is a little bit of a subversive joke about what Windows are. Windows is selling the same thing to the same person over and over again, which is sort of a cute way of explaining it. But, you know, what I figured out recently, because I have to admit, I'm sitting there watching Terminator from what they gave time on broadcast TV, subjecting myself to the ads, so essentially being sold again, buying it again. Why can we sell the same thing to the same person over and over again? Because they want to buy it. They like it. They like the product. So what's the grand plan with streaming? Here's a great idea. We're going to stop selling everything over and over. We're going to sell it to them once. Good news. One revenue stream. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. Bravely, it was all based on Netflix being valued at $1,200 a subscriber. Another thing that makes no sense. Netflix is a valuable company. It is a good company. It's a good business. But not that good. They thought their total addressable market was like a billion people. I don't know what crazy number they thought. It's nowhere near what they thought. That's why their stock is under half of what it used to be. Hmm. I still think it's maybe, a, I'm, not, I'm not a financial advisor, but I think it's still a little overvalued. It's trading at a hundred times its cash, its free cash flow. A hundred times. That's a lot of money for Netflix. <laughs> it's an awful lot of time that you need to get a return on that investment, to be sure. Let me ask you in our remaining couple of minutes, this is the holiday season. And that's a big time for families. It's a big time for releases. What are you looking at for this Christmas, New Year's holiday heading into 2023? Look, there's some great movies. You know, Avatar, everybody's loving it. It's got a 93% user score on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's people are saying it's a great movie. I actually haven't seen it yet because I like to go to the movies. People say, oh, do you see them in your private screening room? No. I like to go and be with the people and see it on the big screen. And I want to let the, honestly, let the paying customers go first. Because while I don't see it in a private screening room, I honestly don't pay. So <laughs> let's talk about someone else's theater in a different market. So, so Avatar is going to be great. I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to. And that's Puss in Boots. Now, it says a lot about my intellectual level, but it also talks about the fact it's a, apparently a great movie. It's like 94% critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It's supposedly so good. So it'll be fun. You've got Babylon coming. You've got the Whitney Houston movie. Now, here's the challenge, and that is that we don't have a lot of, going back to not a lot, they only released four movies. That's probably half of what they should release, maybe even maybe even less than that in a typical Christmas season. But everybody wanted to give Avatar some breathing room. As it turns out, that may have been a strategic mistake because they could have counter-programmed better against it because Avatar, really what we're seeing is everybody wants to see it in 3D on the big screens. And the we call the premium large formats, ultra screens, super screens in the case of our theaters. Those are our busiest shows and people are saying, you know what, I can wait and see it where I want to see it. So they, there was room on other screens to to do that. A lot of times, they, some of these big films take up all of our screens. And so that will scare some of the distributors off. But, you know, there's good things to catch up on, too. Fablemans, was, I really enjoyed I saw that recently. I had I finally caught up on Wakanda. I really enjoyed that movie. There's some really good movies out there. I heard coming up just after Christmas, they're going to have uh, a man called, I don't know, the new Tom Hanks movie. It's supposed to be great. So there's good stuff coming. There's good movies out. But just, there's just not enough. Mr. Marcus, a fun conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hope you and yours have a very good holiday season and hope everybody gets to the movies. Thanks, you too, Jeff. I'm with you. Thank you. I second that motion. <laughs> Greg Marcus of Marcus Theaters, online at marcustheaters.com. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. The Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast is presented by Advance Iowa. 
educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more at iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report airs on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa with podcasts posted right here along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.